Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Haley, what are you doing? Oh, I was just, you know, looking at the Thursday night football score. Yeah, who's playing right now? Bucks Eagles. Nobody cares about that game. Yeah, I know. We're way cooler. We are way cooler. We're so cool. And we talk about, and we talk about college football. And we talk about college football. We don't talk about pro football on this show. Not at all. <laughs> I can't wait to do this show. Welcome in, everybody. I see our viewers in the chat popping off. Are they saying, um, how about the Maggies? Yeah, they're all saying that. Everybody's so excited for AM that y'all won. Just so utterly they, excited. Yeah. For what it's worth, I there's a place in Nashville that I just discovered that literally on the outside of the building, it says a little Texas in Tennessee. And honestly, the breakfast tacos are up par with breakfast tacos you get in Texas. Haven't found it anywhere else in the country. California surely didn't have it. Nashville found this place very impressed and I told them when I went to the register I was like it's my first time from Texas like seeing what's up here you know and uh, the guy recognized my Aggie ring and without saying anything he was just like how about them Aggies I was like damn straight and then he goes I'm a Baylor grad and so I was just happy to see Alabama lose and I was like you know I think that is a common thread through majority of the country this week yeah not in Austin Oh, I wanted Bama to win. I wanted a Bama. I had a, a Baylor fan in Nashville. Yes. Baylor grad. That's, I don't know if he's a fan of them. That does nothing for me. That does nothing for me. Baylor grads do, do nothing for me. But do good breakfast tacos in Nashville. I mean, that's I mean that's good to know. That's good for people that, that live in Nashville like yourself. That's good. I haven't eaten in days. Also, I don't even care anymore. Why, why do I need to eat, Haley? What does it matter? Since the events that transpired on Saturday. Since the event, that's exactly how it should be put. The events that <laughs> trans, not the football game, the events that transpired on Saturday. Let's be honest. For you, it was like, it, it, as a Texas fan, it was just kind of like the hits just kept coming a little bit on that day. No, I got to say, actually, this was our greatest hits. Um, this might have been the greatest game we've ever played and worst in the same yeah. game, which is hard to yeah. do as a school. So, you know, I want to throw it out really there. Really rather impressive, actually. You know, some of you guys are really good at football. Some of you guys are really bad. Not a lot You're of you, both. though. The, the <laughs> brave few dare to do what Texas does in one single ball game. Or, you and Notre Dame. Don't compare us to those gold domers, <laughs> those Indiana losers. I mean, we're the, hey. we're the rock bottom losers, but what can I say? Nothing. I can say hi. That's all I have on the board. That's all I can muster out of me tonight. Oh no, that's where you're at. We'll get not where I'm at. We'll get better. We should do the show. I know you're probably doing good. Good for you. You're getting breakfast tacos. Your football team's winning games. It's fun. Life's good. <laughs> I get to. I can enjoy. I can enjoy things. You know, for one week because we do know it's been a little rough. the The start of the season has not been great. Well, no, it's weird for you guys. Like, I mean. I don't want to like rain on your parade, but it's a weird feeling, right? Of like you beat Bama, which is great, but you're one and two in the West. Right. And <laughs> like it's we still not, have like yeah. we still have like half a season to go. And I mean, like, at least Jimbo was very much acknowledging that. You know, he was kind of, I guess, proposing the challenge to his team of how do you handle success? Because it's kind of like you did the thing that no one else could do. So what do you want to do now? You it's, get to play Missouri. <laughs> it's yeah, uh, You get to play Missouri, which is a good thing. I mean, it's weird, though, because it's like we'll, – we'll have to get into that. By the way, welcome to the show. This is the Haley and Co. show. 
Uh, we do a college football show on the Believe Podcast Network. Uh, B-L-E-A-V. Um, yeah, it's our show. We do it. She's Haley. I'm Co. Uh, the show is brought to you by Bet Online, isn't it, Haley? Oh, you know it is. Our buddies bet online. So if you didn't catch the way Tyler decided to spell it, you'll hear it from me in just a second. Uh, as we said, the show is brought to you by betonline.ag, which is back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron or Texas A&M as teams are back for another football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all pro and college football action this season with a new and updated site interface. Don't know if we'd tell you that every week, but they got one. Even more odds, props, and contests. BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use our promo code. Here it is, people. B-L-E-A-V. Believe to receive your bonus from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers for the 2021 season, which it's almost up, people. We're halfway through October, which is absolutely nuts. But Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. Excellent. That's right. It does start here. Uh, I, I do see some people online saying that we're experiencing some glitching. Uh, I do want to apologize. It's probably because of the sudden link internet here where we shoot the show. Uh, a company that has cell towers and internet service put together by Scotch Tape and Balsa Wood. Go fuck yourself, sudden link. Thank you for making the show lag. Hopefully the audio version, though, when we release this show won't be laggy. So y'all guys bear with us. We'll, we'll, we'll get laggy we'll, like an Aggie. Laggy like an Aggie. We're, we're gonna we're gonna get through it. We're gonna get through it. Hopefully we get through it. I don't want to reset the stream. We'll just pray. You know it's raining here, Haley, right now. So whenever it rains, be it. That's you know it pours. Yeah, that's what you know. Piece of shit companies have to deal with when their service is that bad. I did see that it's thunderstorming pretty badly there. Yeah, which of course should shut things down. They always have. Um, let's see. What are even, we talking? <laughs> even the city of Austin knows how the Longhorns are feeling. I think I think everybody in Austin has just given up. They're like, yeah, they just don't yeah, just don't care. What what does it matter? We don't need internet. Why do you need internet? What do you need the internet for, people of Austin? To watch what? <laughs> they don't need it. Listen, it could be 2007. I don't know. This year has been wacky, Haley. It's been crazy. If you took a look at the rankings at the beginning of this year, everybody picking chalk to where we are almost halfway through the season, where Georgia is number one, Iowa is number two, Cincinnati is number three. We have people like Kentucky that are undefeated for the first time since 1950. Like, it is a bunch of wackiness. I don't know if it's quite to 2007. I hear people throwing that out on Twitter here now. But we're not, we're not full 2007. I remember it very vividly. We're not there yet, but we could be approaching it in the second half of the season. I mean, it kind of just feels like week in and week out, things are just, it's like, what? Every single week, we think we're going to have a calmer week. And then, you know, things just shake up in a different direction. I mean, even this week, you know, uh, before the show, we were talking about it. These are the streaks. We've got... Five streaks that could potentially be broken, and anyone in the chat would love to know which one you think might get broken, but Mississippi State is on a 13-game losing streak to Alabama. Can't imagine Bama losing two weeks in a row. Just going to throw that one out there. Kentucky is on an 11-game losing streak to Georgia, which we will get into in a little bit. TCU, seven games to Oklahoma. 
This one's sad. Vanderbilt is not only on a 12-game losing streak to South Carolina, but also a 15 SEC game losing streak. I actually saw something earlier today that was like, you know, it wasn't even an overreaction. It was just a prediction that Vanderbilt's not going to score a single touchdown on an SEC team this season, which is really sad. Um, but the sadder gets sadder. Uh, I don't even know if that made sense. Whatever. Arizona has lost 17 straight games. So, you know, maybe one of those will get snapped this week, Something given how this season's been going. You know, records are meant to be broken. This past weekend was indicative of that. We've been talking about it forever. Several weeks which, have been indicative of that. Which assistant coach of Nick Saban was finally going to beat him? We can finally stop talking about that. We know the answer to it. Uh, we know the answer. You know, for, for Texas and OU with some school records that they broke in almost 120 years of their existence, which is Wasn't always it, fun. Is the highest point scored Red River shootout? Oh, I've got stats. We'll, we'll get oh. we'll, oh, can't wait. <laughs> we'll get to the stats, Haley. I love stats. I love them. Just, just give us a moment here. All right. Let me mentally prepare as I tease out the rest of the show. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Uh, I do have a beefy boys for you that you're going to appreciate. You're finally going to appreciate these beefy boys, especially the last one. You're going to try and make sense of what is going on in the SEC. I'm going to try and tell you what sense I gathered out of Texas and OU for both teams, which honestly I don't know is a lot. And then we're going to break down uh, week seven, which is a pivotal week seven uh, for a lot of teams. All those streaks that you right. just talked about, if one of those breaks, that could send us really into – Big chaos in the SEC, especially, but all the chaos, all the chaos, which I, I'm I'm always <laughs> for. So starting it off, though, at the top, before we get to the good stuff, to the juicy stuff that I know you guys are all here to, to watch us uh, talk about, um, it really starts off with the team that I think Haley we've been wanting to say it, I've been wanting to say it, but now it's there. Georgia's number one team in the country. It's not even close. And I think when we finally get in, when we get later on into that Alabama A uh, and M game. The defense that we've hung our hat on for Georgia and that Georgia has hung its hat on for this season, they're the only real difference in the country, at least that I can see after this. Um, Whoa, Kentucky Wildcats are going to have something to say about well, that. Well, exactly, which we're going to talk about that here in a sec because they play a pretty big game this weekend. But Georgia taking down Auburn, you and I talked about it. I said that maybe Bo and his little his magic, Mr. Bo Nick's magic could happen. It happened for about a quarter, Haley, and then it, it just went away. Georgia and that pythoning. It's what they do. I mean, they crushed them after that. Uh, Georgia, I don't think they get challenged by anybody except for those Kentucky Wildcats you just mentioned who destroyed LSU and is going to be taking on Georgia. It's crazy. This is the first time ever that these two teams have met and been undefeated. It's wild. I know. That's It's honestly crazy. I think it's like the first time in – 25 plus years that it's happened in the sec i mean the sec the east which is, is yeah uh, saying something which is i mean it's crazy to think about whenever you see those stats you have to think about it like wait really like florida and well, georgia never because, did right. it or like you know like you go through that even i mean tennessee had a period where they were really strong you know like yeah, the fact yeah. that there's never been two undefeated at this point is actually wild it's it's crazy um and, you know, we move away from Georgia being the, I mean, they're number one. Nobody's coming for that top spot until somebody knocks them off. But then we look at uh, Cincinnati at number three, which is just wild to see because you and I have said, like, we love Cincinnati. We do. But you attested last week, and I, I reluctantly agreed, but it was true. It's like they're not going to go to the playoffs. But if stuff like this keeps happening, Haley, and they keep staying up there, they could squeeze in. I mean, since he's doing what they need to be doing, it's just wild to see them there at number three. I think it, unfortunately for them, it just ends up 
realistically coming down to the wire because I still stand by what I said last week. And given just their schedule that they have and knowing how the college football playoff committee has worked in years past, I could still see them getting jumped by one loss teams depending on how things shake out by the end of the season oh I, I do too but here's what I look forward to I gotta tell you you know we talk about game day crews and stuff like that I don't know if anybody does a better job than Reese Davis of asking really tough questions to the playoff committee the night the rankings are released I can just okay. see the anger in his face when since he's gonna be like ranked number three in the polls but then, like, number nine when the college football playoff yeah. rankings come. He's going to ask me. He's going to hold their feet to the fire and be like, why? Tell me. I can't wait for that. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to come down to their schedule, like, bottom line. It because is, yeah. I still, I still don't think – so, in this scenario, say A&M wins out. They only have two losses at the end of the season. And you have a one-loss Alabama team who takes down Georgia in the SEC championship game. You're not leaving a Bama team out. No. No, you know, Bama, like, <laughs> I guess we could kind of get to it a little bit, but this is like Bama after losing to A&M, Bama will absolutely make the playoffs. 1000%. Yeah. They're still, I, the, the college football playoff index, the predict, the the predictor mm. still has them at like 54%. They're still in the third place, third highest percent chance of making the playoff behind Oklahoma and Georgia. And it's typical Alabama, right? Like they needed locker room stuff they needed something to like motivate them and now nick saber right. didn't be like oh, oh, oh you gotta get back together <laughs> like right well i was reading something else that out of all of his national championship winning teams only two were actually undefeated and i think it was oh nine it was and then 2020 yeah it was oh nine when they beat texas and then 2020 i thought it was last year no they didn't lose they didn't then it would be three then or no maybe they lost a game in oh nine because they were they ran undefeated against uh notre dame right in 12. Didn't they? They didn't lose a game that year. Oh, okay. Then maybe, then maybe it was twelve. I can't remember the like a while back one, but I know it was twenty twenty in another team, and then every one of his other teams have lost yeah. one game. This is typical so. Saban. Typical. He lost that game on purpose, Haley. He needed to motivate his football team. <laughs> Don't know about that one. He lost. They lost a lot of streaks that day, like a hundred, a hundred game winning streak against unranked opponents. 19 game winning streak against like I think like in game or SEC team opponents 24 game uh, streak against his assistants as we know so a lot of history went down behind the leg of old Seth Small. Seth Small it ain't hey uh it ain't nothing small about that leg let me tell you that all right and nothing small about that boy either You're maybe a he's a boy he might be a beefy <laughs> boy in my beefy boy segment tonight I don't know um, it's crazy though. Here's another wild stat that I saw that the last time, and I'm not saying this is going to happen, Haley, but I would not be shocked if it did because I still think, a I don't know what A&M is yet still, is that the last time that A&M beat a number one ranked team, they lost the next week, that opponent was Missouri. I mean, I could, I mean, I could see it. Like, would it shock you? Like, would it shock you? I don't think it'd shock anybody. I don't think it would either no. because it goes along with the same narrative that we've talked about in other games. You know, most recently, you look at Arkansas two weeks ago. We talked about getting that huge win over A&M, that emotional win. They came out and laid an egg against Georgia. Yeah. You know, it's definitely a trap game. Jimbo Fisher has come out and declared it as such. Missouri is a strong home team. And I just don't really know what the Tigers have, but I do know that A&M, it has been a difficult place for them to play 
within their time in the SEC. I can always remember just Missouri giving A&M so much heck every time we've played them, especially in their place. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, it's also going to be interesting to see what shakes out in the Big Ten this year because I think that's one of the bigger takeaways so far midway through the season is that at this point we have five Big Ten teams in the top ten. Five. Five. Yes. Who would have thought that? I mean, not us. <laughs> it's wild. I mean, watching Iowa the Penn, and Penn State game, it's hard to say which one of those teams is better, but it's undeniable yeah. at this point that Iowa and that defense is for real. Haley, they have nine interceptions through two games. It's been 25-plus years since somebody's did that. The last time was Michigan in 1997. Like, they had right. four different players have four different interceptions. It's not like there's one dude back there. Like that defense, That's just falling out. They're just – I don't know what it is. The Hawkeyes create turnovers, and they did it again against Penn State, even though that was a game that they were down in most of the time. All it took was three points, and it's like, yeah, that's it. That Iowa defense has got it. I mean – do we? I still don't want to take them as a serious playoff contender, but at what point do we? I I agree with you there that I still just don't fully take them seriously because I just this game was a game that we finally got to see their offense tested, and <laughs> yeah. I will stand by it. If Sean Clifford hadn't gotten hurt, yes. Penn State wins that game. Absolutely. So it's still hard for me to go all in on this Iowa team because it's like okay, this was the first time your offense truly got tested. Your defense has kept you in games up until this point. And when you needed to rely on your offense a little bit, they just couldn't get it done. And so do I see a situation where Iowa does make the college football playoff as like a number four? Absolutely. But there's still so much football left to be played in these last month and a half of this season in the Big Ten that it's actually absurd. I know people are, you know, talking about, oh, is the Big Ten the best conference in football? And it's like, well... Let's hold our horses because all the best teams have yet to actually play one another. Exactly. So we don't really know what is happening. We don't know what's happening. Iowa has a pretty easy schedule the rest of the way. They don't really play anybody. However, the next couple teams do when we're talking about Michigan, Michigan State, and Ohio State. Michigan escaped Nebraska. I mean, it wasn't pretty, but they showed that they can lean on that running game. And look, everybody's had a game, and you will have a game no matter what every year where you play down to your opponent, you sneak out a, a victory whenever you can. I was actually more impressed by this victory from Michigan than others this season of not playing right. your best football and still winning. That's a game in the past that Michigan absolutely folds, rolls over, and takes the Especially the, the past L. two years. Oh, my God, yeah, for sure. I mean, we, we talked about that on last week's show, that – this could be a trap game for Michigan. It was a big test on the road for them. Um, and especially just getting rolled over the past couple years by Nebraska's ground game, Michigan just didn't have an answer. And so it was really good to see them finally go there, get the win. And, you know, it was, it was even funnier because <laughs> we'll get to this in a minute, but I was watching the end of this game instead of another game that happened to be playing at the same time. And so when jump around was happening, uh, there wasn't too much jumping around. Oh, no, is that Wisconsin? This Never mind, Wisconsin. that was the Wisconsin game. That was the Wisconsin game. I was red and red. I was watching both games simultaneously. But, um, yeah, no, it was just good to see Michigan get this win. I am a little disgusted, though, that somehow Ohio State is still sixth when you have two undefeated teams underneath them in the same division it just kind of doesn't make sense well i think people are looking at like what cj stroud has done since he came back from that shoulder injury and it's hard to argue they've scored 52 points in three at least 52 points in three straight games that offense is rolling the defense has gotten better 
you could say the same thing about them that we said kind of about Iowa outside of Penn State is that they haven't really been tested by anybody. The one team that did beat them has kind of like fallen off the face of the earth. There's a lot yeah. of football, like you said, left to be played with all of these teams. All three of those guys are going to be playing each other, especially that big one at home. But it's just wild right now to see five Big Ten teams yeah. in the top ten. That's wild. Right. And, and I do think, though, what makes me nervous about the back half of this season is because regardless of what Ohio State has as a team right now and how they may stack up or look on paper compared to these other Big Ten teams – the one thing that they have going for them that these other teams do not is that big game experience. Mm -hmm. The players in this locker room, um, the team as a whole, that chemistry, they know what it means to play in big games and how to fight and dig deep and come out with wins in those big games. And I don't know that the Michigan, Michigan State, or even Iowa have that same caliber of experience to grind it out and push through wins as the tougher part of their schedule comes along. That's true. And we're talking about these guys, Olave and Wilson. I mean, they've played in a college football playoff, and then they've played in a national championship. Like, they they expect to get back to that point. Um, but Michigan State might have something to say about that because, listen, Kenneth Walker III deserves to go to New York at the end of the year. I'm going to be really disappointed. And I still keep reading these Heisman. I'm getting a little salty about it. I'm particular to my running back, obviously, who I think should be in New York. But – Kenneth Walker is right now the best statistical running back in college football, and he's still not getting enough love. He had 29 carries for 233 yards, two touchdowns, uh, or one touchdown against Rutgers. Like, this guy is carrying this Michigan State team and making them go. Him and Bijan Robinson are tied for 60 missed tackles this year after contact. The next guys are in the Very 40s. Like, these two exactly. guys are ridiculous. Walker is amazing. Yeah, that's – I mean, it's impressive. I, I will say I have started to see some stuff – headline a few headlines of will a running back win the Heisman this season um so I think people might start to come around but we know the Heisman's always been a quarterback's trophy yeah we're still looking at uh, you know Matt Crawl, Krell which I which I love yeah. and Bryce Young and all these guys but like can we give Walker and Robinson some love and even Robinson down at Alabama Robinson Robinson and Walker like can we get all of them to New York please just for the trip like they deserve right. it um right. but it's it's wild to see that so the top 10 is crazy right now and there's some yeah wackiness outside of it obviously Ole Miss I just mentioned Arkansas has lost two straight games now that was a wild wild game between them yeah. and Ole Miss I was actually very bummed that the scheduling window happened to put the Red River shootout in that game in the same time slot I know because yeah. I was going I was going back and forth between the two and then it was like then we got Iowa Penn State after and it was like well, a, what a it was turn a, of events for the back half of this like, afternoon. That's a heavy, you know, like that's a big bratwurst and a dark IPA type of a game. It's not, it's it's a heavy game to watch. It it's slows like watching you down. Two, it's watching two heavyweights just go blow for blow at one another until one of them ultimately just collapses. Whereas we were watching, I mean, two just offensive, amazing games and you know, both Ole Miss, Arkansas, and that other one that happened, you know, in Dallas. The shootout, not the not the showdown. There's nothing. There's nothing showdowny about that. It was a shootout. It was pistols and everything. It really was. It was a big time. It really shootout. was. Before we there get was so to... much drama in that game. God. Oh, we're gonna... also, I will say before we get there, did you agree with Sam Pittman going with the ballsy move to go for two to 
win the game instead of tying it and go to overtime. I mean, if you make it, you're a genius. If you don't, people are going to bash you for it. Um, I think that uh, on the road, like if you have a chance to win and just the way that game was going and like him knowing, like if I give Lane Kiffin a 30-yard field, that, right. that favors him in such a big way. I actually kind of like the call. I didn't like the play call. But I yeah. like I like going for the W right there. I don't think you should be upset if you're an Arkansas fan. Like, because think about it. Like, if we're we're really gonna give the old, uh, we're gonna give that offense thirty yards to go, in overtime. Okay, we're yes, gonna lose. But I okay, but 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 I guess it was just kind of. I really think that he was honestly thinking of his players and their bodies and what they had already endured. I mean, that game being as high scoring as it was. And to take it into overtime, pretty much you're going to be going blow for blow at that point. Because as you mentioned, you know, 30, yard, 30, 30 yards for Lane Kiffin is almost nothing. But at least you still have the college rules where you still get an opportunity. That's, that's what I kind of disagreed with because as our, like Arkansas's defense is very talented. And you give them an opportunity to win that game. I, I would rather gamble on that than it coming down to just one offensive play because at least you have four chances the other way and this way you have one and done. Like you just, you know, you kind of exactly. took the op opportunity out of your player's hands. That's what life is about. One shot. Mom's spaghetti time. Let's fucking go. I like him rolling the dice right there. I don't think they should be upset. It didn't go their way. And right. it, I mean, it's a bummer because they've lost now two straight games and, I mean, it's not really going to get any easier for them down the stretch. Um, but right. speaking of him, speaking of uh, Mr. K.J. Jefferson and all those guys playing for Arkansas, let's get some beefy boys going right here. Yeah. Some big old beefy boys. Uh, K.J. had three touchdowns on the day. That's one of them right there. They go on, as you said, a lose by one point. Uh, but he was tremendous. He should get a lot of love. And then this guy, everybody will be talking about, Mr. Caleb Williams. The guy that yeah. you and I, Haley, at the end of the year talked about last year being the dude. Um, I think he's the dude. I think we can all agree. Yeah, he's the guy. I believe so. I mean, yeah. he, he was the story, and we'll get to that later uh, after Beefy Boys is done. But without a doubt, the beefiest boy of the day, Mr. Small <laughs> with the boot, my favorite. Not so small. My favorite fat kicker of all time from AM. And there's been a couple. <laughs> it was a chip shot, but nothing's a chip shot when it's a game winner. And, of course, yep. this was a video that went viral with his family and his mom just losing yep. it. If you don't love that, you don't love football. That is what it's about right there. And she rushes the yeah. field. That was some pretty – That was some cool stuff. I yeah. love that. I still have chills. Like, I have them right now watching yeah. the way that his family reacted just because I've been there. And, you know, and even the cooler thing for me to see was just, like, like just their family's reaction and just the immediate, like, praise went above. You know, like even like that photo of Seth Small, like pointing to the sky is iconic, it you was know, awesome. and yeah, it was just, it was definitely just something special in the air that night. And, and you know, cause not only seeing how his family handled the situation, how Seth handled the situation, but also like Calzada, how he handled the situation, how he's been going He's been suffering and all these people have been doubting him and doubting who he is. And, but the dude went and did the dude things and yeah. I mean, 
it was let's it was a special night let's jump into it and here i don't i'm not going to rain on the parade but i'm going to call it like i I see it for both the games that we're about to talk about these two texas teams it's like look folks she's an aggie i'm a longhorn it's not that we're trying to stay in the headlines and steal them all but our teams can't help it i mean that we're just drama queens (laughs) i mean that's that's what we are but like um, bigger in Texas. When, when you talk about, you know, uh, it being a special night, everybody had this game on their schedules being the game. And I, looking at this game, it's like A&M clearly did prepare for this game, but they did they know that there was games before it that they also had to prepare for? Because that is the sting like we talked about, is that you're still one and two in the West. It's a massive victory. College football, thanks A&M. But I'm watching this game, and it frustrated me as a Longhorn Haley to watch it and be like, Yep, that's what happens when you get your players the football, the ones that are the best. Yep, there's yes. Jalen Weidemeyer. Yep, th- finally throwing him the football. Look what happens. Oh, there goes Isaiah. Got him out in space. Yeah. There's Smith. Like, it's like, why? It, to me, I'm watching this game, Hamley. I don't know how it was for you because you didn't watch it, but me watching it, I'm like, I was like hugging the TV screen. I'm like, why the fuck weren't y'all doing this all year long? This was the game plan. You're, you so picked this clarify, game to do it. <laughs> to clarify to everyone listening, Tyler just threw out there that I didn't watch. Did and um, that's probably shocking for everyone to hear. But if you've been listening to the show last week, I told everyone to make other plans for their Saturday you night. Did. To not bother with this one. And that's what I did. I, I, create, I had plans with a friend. We went to dinner. Um, and as we were leaving the restaurant, I peeked the score and saw that the Aggies were up 10 to seven. Quite frankly, couldn't believe it. Uh, I saw that they were driving down the field. So I watched about two plays, saw them go up 17 to seven. And I made a decision right then that I was going to be a loyal ag and yes, very superstitious, but they were doing the thing without me watching. And I wasn't going to screw up that mojo. So instead I watched Michigan, Nebraska. I went home. I was even watching some Pac-12. I turned on Grey's Anatomy at one point because it was like this A&M Bama game didn't want to end. Um, And I believe I checked the score on Twitter when it got tied up 31-31 or even maybe when Alabama went ahead. And I was like, oh no, I just looked. I ruined the moment. I told myself I wasn't gonna look. Now they're gonna lose. And I was getting so much anxiety. So then I told myself I would not look until the game was over. And I have a former coworker who is an Alabama fan that I was in a group text with. And this was how I found out A&M won. She sent in the text and she said, well, congrats, Haley, at least it was a good one. And I, and I literally responded, I said, are you messing with me right now? Are you joking? And she was like, no, y'all just won. And so then I turned on the TV, watched it. And I will say, thankfully, um, my TV had started recording the game in the second quarter. And so I was able to then, you know, fast forward and truly enjoy the game without the stress. I've done that before. I'm not going to say that's odd. Like, I did that before for a few Texas-Oklahoma State games when Texas had comebacks and I could see it on the ticker. You don't watch. Um, Yeah, I couldn't. I literally, I'm so superstitious. I could not bring myself to mess up the juju of the game. Oh, I'm all about that. If you, if I get, you know, I had to go back inside with my buddy when I was watching the Texas game because we weren't doing good. We were doing better inside. So we moved back inside. Like, yeah, everybody, Mm -hmm. you got your thing. Like, I mean, everybody's got to have their thing on rewatching this game though. And you look at the stat lines, the failing in this game to me, and it just watching it from start to finish was not the Bama offense. Bryce Young had some moments where he did not throw some good passes. I still am not sold on him completely. Haley, he throws a lot of sidearm off the back foot. 
that I think he doesn't step into some of the throws he needs to. But if you put up 38 points, that's enough. That Bama defense got utterly humiliated. That might be the worst Bama defense performance we've seen in I, I don't even know how long. I think that was what really shocked me the most because um, immediately after I started, you know, looking up stat lines. And for me, the biggest story of the game was A&M's offensive line. How you went from being abysmal and awful in the first five games of the season and somehow you make it click in that game. They didn't give up a sack. Yeah. A team that gave up had been averaging, this is not fully true, but it feels right, seven sacks at least a game prior. And then in a game against Alabama's defense, you don't give up a single sack. I think that tells the story more than anything because when the offensive line is rolling, you're able to open up that ground game for Spiller. Then you're able to let Zach Calzada finally play the quarterback position without having to run for his life, without trying to have give him all this pressure to make reads and to, you know, force plays and force decisions. Like he was just able to sit back there, play the quarterback position, watch plays develop as he's supposed to and deliver the ball. And it really just all came together. But bottom line, AM just outplayed Alabama in all three phases, which is really what stands out to me. I mean, you know, A-Chain finally got his return for a touchdown. He's been, I think he's got called back for three or four this season for holding calls. So him to finally get that one, it just, the stars aligned in Aggie land for that win. And it was crazy that it was Jimbo Fisher's birthday. Like there's just so many just things that lined up for that victory. There was a ton. I And I, I don't disagree that they got outplayed. I also think that Jimbo outcoached Saban. I thought clock management for Alabama at the game was right. super sus. Didn't really understand what they were doing. That game really should have never gone to AM as well as they were playing, like even though they were up Haley. Like right. the stat line, if you just look at the stat line, you're like, well, Bama had more in everything. And you're like, yeah. they did, but AM had the better game plan and they played better football. Uh, to right. your point, Calzada finally got to find Weidemeyer. I was like, I was yeah. screaming to nobody in my room because nobody was around. I'm like, look, they finally threw it to him. Finally. <laughs> look what happens. Like, it's, it's, it, it made, it's like, yes, this is the thing we've been trying to get for like five damn games and we finally got there. You have to give your hats off to the Aggies. What I want to know now, though, is like, where do both of these teams go? One, Bama's going to the playoffs. I'd almost right. bet all my money that they do. But AM. I still have so many question marks because that running game that has been kind of keeping AM in ball games did not take off. It was on the arm of Calzada that they won this yeah. game. I mean, because I think Alabama did definitely prepare for that. You know, because you put all the pressure on Calzada, well, history showed in the previous weeks that he can't get it done. And I just think, again, going back to that offensive line, finally doing what they're supposed to do, but not just that. I think what was truly special about this one was I've been harping on this team for not showing any fight, for not showing any heart, and just going out there and playing and you know going through the motions of football players. But this one actually made me believe that this team wanted it. I believed that they were out there playing for Calzada. You could tell they had the confidence in him to get the job done. And as he was rolling, the team rolled. And that's the difference and that's the spark I saw this team have when Kellen Mond was under center, finally saw that spark again 
on Saturday night, and the results proved true. I mean, I, I was super happy for Calzada because everybody's been giving him shit. I mean, I'm not, I wasn't trying to be mean with the kid, but I, and I'm also not lying. Watching him play football these past couple of weeks, I mean, he's one of the worst quarterbacks I've ever seen at a big time program try and throw the football. It's been unbelievably right. bad. I mean, but to watch him get injured in this game, come yeah. back in this game, run for first downs in this game. <laughs> Like, you got to – I love this kid. He's great. And I like that fans been talking shit. People have been dogging him. And guess who came out with the W on top? Like, hats off to that kid. I thought it was awesome. Right. It's just one of those stories that you can't help but be happy for when you yeah. hear it. And the crazier thing about this one, though, Tyler, I bet you didn't know this, the past two top ten opponents that AM has knocked off, final score, 41-38. Last year, Florida. And then I want to say the time before that was 2013 Ole Miss. There you go. That's a that's a that's a special score to me too. That's when Texas beat USC 41 to 38. That's yeah. a good it's, score. Isn't that crazy? And so what's even more special? You know, you hear about A&M being a cult fan base and A&M being this they and are. being crazy, <laughs> but sometimes it works for the benefit because if you didn't know, Jimbo Fisher's son has an autoimmune disease that is incurable at the moment. And so that's why he's always around. That's why he's on the sidelines at the field. Um, and they do have a foundation for him. So Aggie started donating $41.38 to this fund to help kids with his same disease. And it got to in like the 50,000 something range. And then on Jimbo Fisher's show, Wednesday night show, uh, they presented him with the amount that it had actually gotten to because someone at the last minute came through and donated $41,380 to get the total amount over 100k, which was pretty special. And it's just kind of cool to show, you know, AM fans doing that. 4138, special I, number. One, I think that's awesome. I love when people rally. I, I just look, I'm not, I'm not trying to be a dick. I'm not. Does Jimbo need that money? Like Jimbo. Kids do. Okay. Jimbo has. Kids do. Jimbo. I think Jimbo has that. It wasn't covered. money to, it was not money to Jimbo here. I'm going to look at it. I know it's not money to Jimbo. First. I'm saying Jimbo's got like a $95 million buyout. Like he's got the dough. Well, this was it was for children's first health children's first health team works to give pa children the basic ingredients for a lifetime of success including physical mental and emotional health so it's going to a, a foundation yes okay. not just specifically i thought Jimbo it was Fisher. going to his kid and i was no. like i was like no that's what i said it was he has sorry. like a, a foundation and like a fund <laughs> that helps go towards research of this disease okay. that his son okay. has got you i thought it was yeah. going directly to the boy and i was like well no, fool. <laughs> i was like he's yeah what is he going to use that money for his mulch in his backyard yeah texan him just created a um a uh, college fund for jimbo's fisher's son <laughs> he needed one we got to get no. those fishers through college they're struggling with money right now oh good lord i bet a bunch of aggie donors were happy with the result of that game they were like whoo Jimbo didn't know he's about to get a phone call next week if he dropped that one. Uh, speaking of phone calls and um, what we need to do in Texas, money floating around. Texas donors just don't know what to do with themselves. Um, do you want you want to talk about OU in Texas a little bit? 
I would love to actually know your thoughts on OU in Texas because the craziest thing was I found myself rooting for OU. I mean, for Texas in this one. Like, I I think I texted you at one point. I was like, it's going to be the most frustrating thing in the world if OU wins this. Like, I wanted mm-hmm. more than anything for Texas to put Oklahoma in their place. Well, they did. I mean, this game is wacky. This, this one I don't really understand because it's like if you if I asked if we played a game, Haley, and we played the game, who won this game? But you didn't watch the game. And I just told you stats. I'll tell you this. Like, Texas scored 28 points on Oklahoma in the first half. That's the most points OU has ever given up in the program history of their football program. Okay, there's one. Wow. Uh, Casey Thompson, maybe he played bad, maybe he played good. Casey Thompson became the first Texas quarterback to throw for four touchdowns against OU, added on a number five. He did that in the first half. First quarterback in Texas history to do that. That's another good stat. Yep. Xavier Worthy who's a true freshman, this game, second best receiving performance ever at the University of Texas, ever, only behind Jordan Shipley. He was okay at football. Bro, he's, right now, he's not only there, I mean, I was really impressed with this kid. Sorry to cut you off. Like, no, I was blown away by Xavier Worthy to the point that today when I was, like, looking up stats on Texas, he is currently leading the team in receiving yards. Averaging 21.4 yards per catch, yeah. which is absurd. He had nine balls for 261 yards. Yeah, it was yeah. it was insane. And two scores. So, like, you read these stats, you're looking at the game, and you're like, well, what am I missing here? What am I missing? And there's a missing component. And this is where my frustration comes from this game. And this is something, Haley, I'm going to try gonna and make sense, sense of. It. I'm going to try and make sense of it. Hello? I don't know if I'm going to be able to make sense of this. Bijan Robinson, I didn't call his name out. Bijan Robinson, Haley, had a really good first half of football. He had arguably a Heisman run in that half that everybody got to see. It was that Heisman type moment run. Uh, wasn't a Heisman game because they didn't get the W. Bijan Robinson had 11 carries in the first half of this football game for 102 yards and a touchdown. That's really good, Haley. Yeah, I don't know if I. That's let's... great. That's great for the second half. So, so 11 yards or 11 touches in the first half. Do you know how many touches he had in the. Second half. Well, I'll tell you this. He had 20 carries the whole game. 20. So if he had 11 in the first half, how many did he have in the second half? Less than the first half. Nine. Nine (laughs) carries. Nine carries for arguably the best running back in the country. Nine carries for a guy that is averaging 6.8 yards per carry this season. Nine times. He touched the ball nine times. Over 1,000 total yards on the year. Nine times in the second half of the football game nine times for arguably the best running back texas has had since ricky fucking williams nine times when you are up historically on your arch rival in ways that have never happened in over 120 years of football which correct me if i'm wrong but when you're up in a game you run the ball because you want to let that clock you want to eat as much of it as you can so yeah that doesn't make sense well, let's try and make sense of it, Haley, because that's a, it's a great point that you bring up right there. We didn't rehearse this, but I'm glad you transitioned me into that. Because <laughs> up 41 to 23 in the third quarter, Texas up 43 to 21. You're thinking that exact same thing. Now is the time to lean on Bijan Robinson. If you're not a Texas fan, you'd say the same thing if you happen to watch Texas play TCU the week before when Bijan touched it 35 times. When he closed out the TCU game himself because Sark could not beat Gary Patterson, he said, Hey, Bijan. Go get us a W. What did Texas get? They got the W. So let's look at the fr- let's look at the this second half because you're right. We got to kill clock, right? We have to kill clock. How many yep. minutes are in a quarter in football, Haley? Each quarter, fifteen. All right. First possession in the second half for Texas, one minute forty seven seconds. It's not very good. 
Second possession, three minutes, 37 seconds. It's better. It's not great. great. You Let's, still want to be looking at more six-minute drives. Yeah, right, especially with a guy like Bijan Robinson, right? Let's look at this third one. Minute 19, that's not very good. Oh, and then a minute, eight seconds. Oh, and then OU took the lead. If anybody wants to do the math, I did for you. Seven minutes. Seven minutes and 11 seconds was the total time of possession for Texas before OU took the lead in the second half when you were up 38 to 22 start the second half. We have speed limits in this country, right? When you're going down the highway, we're told what? Speed kills, right? It does. Right. So does going really slow. You can't be too conservative and you can't be going too fast. So when you're going all gas, no brakes, Sark in the second half, you're going to fucking crash and burn, which is what you did. And if I need to have football guy come at me or analytics guy saying, Tyler, you just don't really understand the intricacies of this game when it comes to what Sark is trying to accomplish. Well, here, here's what he fucking accomplished, is that in this season alone, out of 210 games where teams have been up by 21 points, their record is 208 and two. You are now in that fucking group. In the history yeah. of Texas football, in 120 years of existence, Texas has never lost after having a 21-point lead at halftime. That didn't, that's not making sense of anything. I'm just fucking yelling at you because I'm, I'm having a hard time controlling my emotions when I think about this game because it's so fucking stupid. I mean, in fairness, I was also angry, which is weird for me because we know that I like Oklahoma as a program. But what really bothered me the most about this is now we don't know anything, any any more about Oklahoma did we did no no we know that we know we saw their lowest and then we saw what they can be but we saw what they can be with we saw what they can be with Caleb Williams yes and that's that's really what we learned here and it's so frustrating because Oklahoma has TCU this week Kansas next week and then following it up with Texas Tech so it's the perfect time for Oklahoma to have a nice little quarterback transition, get him some reps in three very subpar teams below subpar in Kansas and Tech and get him some valuable time before you really get in the meat of the season of November and championship season. And it just is frustrating as hell because Oklahoma is now primed to make a run at the college football playoff and it's so frustrating. It is. Watching them get the number four in their ranking this week, it's like, did y'all watch that fucking game? Did any of you right. watch? Texas benched Spencer Rattler for the second year in a row, and this one is worse. Spencer Rattler, the number one pick off the board on everybody's draft board coming into this year, the number one Heisman guy, got knocked out after one quarter of play. Texas was so good. And y'all think that's indicative of a number four ranking? To your point exactly, you won't know anything about OU. They'll get back into the playoffs. They will get curb stomped by whoever they play yep. because they are yep. not a good football team. Caleb Williams was electric. I love this kid. I thought he was great. I hate that I have to see his face for the next couple years. But this OU team's defense is atrocious. They are terrible. You talked about Xavier Worthy. He's a true freshman, guys. You couldn't get that guy down. Like, they got gassed by everybody. Their right. run defense is terrible. This is not a good football team. But they're no, sitting and, at the and, number and, four spot in the country right now. I mean, it's it's been proven week in and week out that they're not. They have struggled in every single every game. game this season. I mean, except what when they played 
Western Kentucky or something like Western that. Western Carolina A like, and M Tech Junior College. Yeah. yeah, like okay, cool, cool Oklahoma fans. Let us know that you beat them seventy six to nothing or fifty six to nothing, whatever it was. Like congratulations. You should have done that. You should have been doing that to all of your opponents. You should have done that yep. to, to Tulane. Yep. You should have done that to Kansas State. Yep. You should have, being the number four team in the country, that's the caliber of play that we want to see. But right now, you are simply resting on the fact that it says Oklahoma on the front of your chest, and that is all that's writing you to the college football playoffs. So if you do get there, cannot believe I'm saying this, I do hope that you get your asses handed to you because that's what you deserve this season. It is. I like hearing you say that. It makes me feel like you're my friend. And that you're here I in my am. time of pain and need. That insulted me to see that ranking. I can't. I was like, you got to yeah. be fucking kidding me. Really? Really? Right. Okay, cool. We'll go with that. However, it's funny. I actually watched the game with an OU fan, and he was happy enough for them to lose the game to get rid of Rattler. OU keeps winning, and it, it makes me so mad as a UT fan no, because they got, what, they got rid of their I, problem. I, yeah, that's what I, don't, I don't understand – how Oklahoma is in such good cahoots with the football gods. It's they insane. just keep gifting them. I don't know. <laughs> I don't <laughs> like, know, man. It's wild, right? Yeah. Like, I, I don't understand what kind of good luck Lincoln Riley, like, like if he fell down like some good luck tree, I don't know. Like, <laughs> it, it really does not make, like, that's the one thing that does not make any sense. And I texted you to this during the game that, I just wanted to know what Oklahoma was, and I left more confused than ever, aside from the fact that Caleb Williams is good at football. Yes, and and I think a lot of people are looking at that game like Texas collapsed defensively. Folks, if you haven't been watching Texas football for the past four years, their defense has been awful. It, it that was no shocker at all. That was that was nothing. And it wasn't even necessarily that. It's like I don't know what anyone else would have expected how Texas to handle that situation any differently no. because. You're, you have no game film on Caleb Williams. You have no idea the kind of the caliber of player that he is. Let's be honest. Spencer Rattler is a pocket guy. He's not moving the ball around no. with his legs. And so you prepare your defense for a guy like that, not a guy like Caleb Williams, not taking away from what Caleb Williams did. But that's why he had success. This OU defense was just not prepared for a quarterback like that. And so it just, it's going to be really interesting to see Oklahoma navigate this from here on out. And I don't even know what is going to happen there because I have seen the worst of how how quarterback controversy can separate a locker room. Hello, I lived through the Kyler Murray, Kyle Allen era at Sumlin, during Kevin Sumlin's time at A&M. And it's just going to be very interesting to see how that locker room now navigates this two-quarterbacking thing. Because as we saw this week... The shout out to the little Oklahoma student newspaper that decided to watch from the library fifth floor building. Who is that? Is that Spencer? Is that Caleb? And I can't believe they were literally taking like writing down reps for reps. Like it was like, it was like Caleb finished with 15 reps with the ones and Spencer only seven in the last period. Caleb was working with all the number one receivers and Rattler was throwing to the number two guys. And it's just like, Come on, Lincoln. You're not the first one to have a quarterback controversy. Please handle this the right way for the sake of your team. Well, I think a little bit of it, too, could have been some chess match playing with Gary Patterson, who said that Max Duggan and Zach Evans were all going to be out, which they're not. They're going to play. But, like, I think we all know. Like, I think, Haley, uh, at least from, like, OU people um, and just seeing the way that the, that the team reacted to Caleb, 
that thing's over. That is Caleb's yep. team. Rattler's gone. Like, I mean, I he agree. stays here this year, right? But, like, he's gone. I even texted you during, during the game, and I'm like, I know a team that could use a quarterback, and that's A&M. Because God bless Calzada, but nobody's going to be shocked if he turns around and shits a bet against Mizzou. Like, and he's not right. the answer for the future. You know, that's Haynes. Right. But Rattler's gone. Yeah. I think he will get pushed out. Like, he's gone. The way that that OU team, that's when I knew Texas was going to lose. I was watching. I was like, the whole team surrounded Caleb after that touchdown score. The yeah. whole energy, like, oh. you could just tell they've wanted him to be the guy, just couldn't have right. it be that way. And it's not to, like, and shit on Spencer. Look, Spencer does his own thing. Maybe he hasn't handled the situation the right way, but, guys, he's a kid. He's a kid. And, maybe, right. and his cockiness has, has got Watch, him maybe to this gonna, point. He's but... going to go to, like, he's going to go to, like, UGA or USC and, you know, revive one of those programs. But, I mean – I, I agree with you. And, you know, we talked about it is that same spark and that energy that I said that I saw on the A&M team where they just rallied behind the guy 100%. Like there was a whole new Oklahoma football team, Shift. whole new energy the second Caleb stepped on that field. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was palpable. It was insane. Yeah. Uh, they mean, wanted to play for him. And yeah. nobody backed up Spencer. Which, I mean, it's unfortunate, but... It, Spencer didn't really do himself with any do himself any favors. Uh, Through the first five games of the season, he had ten touchdowns, five interceptions. It's not a great ratio. And he got knocked out in your biggest game again. That's got to be an OU. That's got to be an OU record too. So Texas has yeah. some really good records to hang on their wall of of pride, and then a bunch on the wall of shame. I can't make sense of that. We knock yeah. your starting quarterback out, and we lose. It. What? I don't care. And for Texas, it's like you see flashes of Sark absolutely out coaching his opponent but not knowing how to adjust and yeah. not figuring out things but also good on Casey Thompson as we wrap this up for being the dude I'm so happy Casey it, he can't walk out of the game saying he didn't ball out he threw five touchdowns it's fucking awesome right. good for him right we lost everything sucks all right let's get into this week seven breakdown before we get out of here um which it's going to be a, another big moving day and it starts off early again um if we did you have anything else we want to touch on before we get to week seven? Oh no all right good let's do this uh 11 a.m kick michigan state taking on indiana everybody's has some pretty tight games as far as who's winning michigan state is getting four and a half in this game uh i just bring this up again to just say we're gonna i mean we're gonna find out in the coming weeks if michigan state is a real player but also for folks to wake up to watch kenneth walker run the football fair who do you got I mean, Michigan State. Michigan State. There's nothing, yeah, there's nothing that convinces me. I loved Indiana last year, but they were the darlings then, and they haven't really shown up this season. They're back to where they should be. Uh, everybody needs a heel. Number 12, Oklahoma State at number 25, Texas. Uh, I say number 25, Texas is the AP poll because the coach's poll still has Clemson at 25, which is like fucking, it's, it's insulting to the game of football that Clemson is still ranked. Uh, four and a half for Texas at home. Even though Okie State with that nice 12 next to the name, uh, Vegas likes the Longhorns in this one. What about you, Haley? I also like the Longhorns in this one. I do not understand what people see in Oklahoma State. We talked about this last week. Even ESPN's matchup predictor gives UT a 79% chance of winning. The number 25 team, like, remove the names here. If you see a playoff predictor or a matchup predictor giving the 25-ranked team, a 79% chance of winning over the number 12 team, something is wrong there. That math 
does not make sense. And it's because Oklahoma State should not be where they are. I will say, like, yes, Oklahoma State is undefeated, but Tyler, their schedule, they've played Missouri State, where they only scored three points in the second half. They played Tulsa. Again, incredibly close game. They had to come from behind to win that one. Same thing with Boise State. They lost, they won by a point. Spencer Sanders only threw 82 yards in that one. Kansas State, the score ended up being 31 to 10. They scored 21 points in the four, first quarter and did not score in the second half. And then they played Baylor. So their largest margin of victory has been 11 points, narrowly escaping Boise State and Tulsa. Like they've only scored more than 30 points once this season. There's nothing special about this team other than the fact they're just lucky that there's a goose egg sitting behind, sitting in their win column. I agree with you. If Bijan Robinson gets the ball more than 30 times. But no, but even, I mean, you can't even say that. Like, okay, Oklahoma State, uh, just on paper, Oklahoma State, again, as I said, they're averaging 25.4 points per game. Texas is averaging 44.5 points per game. Texas should have this game. Yes, that alone. Like, I will say the one thing that is startling to me is OU, I mean, is Texas's inability to stop the run, which does make me very, very nervous for them because they're, I think, like, they're in the hundreds in rankings they're 106 nationally i think it was in total defense yeah they're terrible they're terrible it's not great no, it's not all, great and twice all. twice this season they've given up a 300 yards rushing yes again not great and so if they just can focus on that like let's just get better in that area because the cow because the cowboys do have a running back named jalen warren who rushed for 155 yards on 32 carries in each of their previous three games. He's been the guy. Remember, he was that game winner against yeah. Boise State. Like, he was the reason yep. that they won. He's been the reason that the they go. Boy. I agree. He was and the I, beefy boy. And you know what? I'm so glad you brought that up because I'm seeing some silliness in the chat of people saying that Kennedy Brooks is better than Bijan Robinson. No, he's not. That's, like, not a thing. Absolutely not. Especially if Absolutely you go look not. at the – Did you watch that game? <laughs> Especially if you go look at Texas's offensive line. Bijan runs behind nobody. They're jazz. Yeah. No. Uh, anyways, we're done talking about Oklahoma now. Um, <laughs> but in the past four seasons, like going back to this one, because we're talking about Oklahoma State chat. Um, in the past four seasons, this series is tied two to two. This is the craziest part is only seven points separates the two in the past four years. This That's actually absurd this game is always kind of this is if anything you know we, we've talked about AM and uh, arkansas having weird wacky games that's texas and oklahoma state they've always had wild back and forth comebacks texas has come back from like 25 down to beat oklahoma state back in the day like this game is always wacky texas has more offensive weapons but yeah you're right that defense i'm glad everybody got to get a look at them about how bad they are because they're just dog shit they're the worst defense I've ever seen in my life for the past couple of years. It's going to be a test for them. But yeah, I think they like, do get it crazy? at home. Well, no, Tom Herman was an offensive guy. Yeah. So never mind. I was thinking back to Charlie Strong because I was going to be like, 
didn't they have a defensive head coach? Leave Charlie alone. He did the best that he could. He's a nice man. In fairness, I kind of that may that means that my brain forgot of Tom Herman's existence as the head coach because it immediately went to Charlie Strong. Can I have your brain? Because I still think of Tom. All <laughs> I wish I wish I could be like, who's Tom Herman? Who's Does this? Tom just linger in the minds of Texas fans and in the locker room? What? It's okay because oh my god, still I don't have. You still don't have a defensive coach. No, we don't. Like, my friends can tell you. I might have to have my friends. My friends should have to get a video of me because every time that Bijan runs the ball, I laugh. Because it makes me laugh. Because I I wish I had Tom's personal phone number so I could text him after every fucking run saying, you could have done this every play last year. No, what you do, it's like those Twitter accounts where it's like, has blah, blah, blah won yet? Or has blah, blah, blah scored a touchdown yet? And every single day, they tweet the same thing until it finally happens, and then they just tweet yes. So you need to create a Twitter account that says yes, and then just tag him in every single one. It's made me, I've gotten my validation, though, this year, because all the national writers have also ripped him for the same shit of, like, he was there last year, Tom. But whatever, fine. I don't. It doesn't matter. That'll be an interesting game. And this one, though, really is big because I am worried about my hogs. Can't believe I'm saying that. But Auburn at number, te- uh, number 17, Arkansas. Arkansas is getting four and a half points. Arkansas has to stop the bleeding. They still have a lot in front of them this season. But losing three straight games, that thing could go the other way in a hurry. Auburn, obviously, we have no freaking idea what's going to show up every Saturday. Haley, what do we like in this one? Uh, at least we still know that the consistency of Gus Malzahn is alive and well at Auburn. But I do think that Arkansas stops the bleeding, and I think that they get this one done mostly because it is at home. I think that's a good call right there, too, uh, especially with Auburn coming off that uh, uh, demoralizing victory or loss to Georgia, thinking that they had a chance in the first quarter. Then, no, Tanks, Big B- Tanks Bigsby had 28 yards rushing against Georgia. 28. They had 46 wow. total on the day. If anybody wants to know how good Georgia's D line is. Uh, This game, this was our favorite game last year. This is the shoe game. The shoe throw heard around the world. I literally wrote this down as the Tyler game. I love this game. Number This is the game that you will never forget. It was the best game I've ever seen in my life. Florida, LSU, number 20 Florida is an 11.5 point favorite at LSU in Death Valley. This is that time of the year where LSU is going to want to fire its head coach. Depending upon, I know. I was going to say, is this is this the loss that burns Ogeron's buns? Yes, we're in Les Miles territory, where it is week to week. Like yeah. if Les loses this game, I'm not going to be shocked to see that he's gone. Right? Like I mean, we're there. I I will say the downside is that also LSU has just lost their best receiver and their best DB out for the rest of the season to injuries as well. Yeah, Sting. So, Sting who I, I knew Stingley was out, but who was the other guy was out? But oh, uh, booty. Yep, that guy. Bout boot. B o u t e. I can spell it. Now they're gonna lose. LSU. You would say that, but let's not forget this is the shoe game, and if we can trust oh, anybody to not be not trustworthy, for- it's Dan Mullen. <laughs> I was waiting for you to say it. I was like, "Where's the Dan Mullen joke?" Look, I'm not saying LSU is gonna win, but look, I did say last week, and you. Doesn't- Florida, this is a trap game for Florida. This is a major trap game. Next week. Yes, and a look ahead. This is a poorly yeah. coached football program. And I know you didn't. I didn't call it out right. I'm not going to take credit for it. But I did say AM was going to play, uh, the play Bama way better. I didn't expect them to win, 
but I thought like yeah. if lightning was going to strike, this was going to be it. And it did. Florida, you're suspect. You're suspect. Coach O is fighting for his life. It's in Death Valley. I like this to be a trap game. I, I could see LSU defri- definitely covering the 11 and a half. I think, I think they'll cover as well. It's kind of like you just had, this is what the scene that just popped in my head when you talked about like lightning striking. It's like anyone on here that's an Avengers fan. It's like in the Avengers Endgame when Iron Man is talking to Doctor Strange and he's like calculating, he's like, you know, predicting all the one, all the different scenarios and the different ways that this could happen and whatever. And he asks him and he's like, is there a single time, you know, that we win? And Dr. Strange holds up that one finger. And then when they're on the battleground, he's like, is this it? And then Dr. Strange just gives him a look. That's what happened in Aggieland on Saturday night. Well, that's what's going to happen in, in Death Valley, too. I'm going to be there. Not and I, the same thing. And I'm gonna, Coach O's going to look over uh, across his shoulder. I'm going to be like, it's now. <laughs> now is the time. We will beat Florida no, again. In, no, in reality, that's what needs to happen with that 230 game of Kentucky and Georgia. Oh, gosh. Before we get to that, though, uh, number 21 back in the yeah, top 25. Well, eight and a half against Mizzou. I mean, it's a tra- this is a trap game for me for A&M of, like you said, could be a huge emotional letdown. You're going to Missouri. That's a yeah. weird place. Um, right. You beat a or beat Bama. That was great. Now you got to keep winning games. Can right, the now, offensive line do the same? And it's like this Mizzou team, of course, now wants to be the, the, the team that beats the team that beat Bama. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's almost like equivocal there of the type of situation A&M was in a week ago. Missouri wants to be that team that stuns the team who just beat Bama. You know, like yeah. the stakes are a- – A&M has everything to lose in this one, and Missouri has nothing to lose. So – I just, and like I said, like I can remember being so frustrated in AM's first couple of years in the SEC when we had played Missouri because for whatever reason, we just couldn't get it done against them. Tag us. Everybody Could has not that. get it done. Everybody has and, that one team. But we haven't played them in a lot of years. Yeah, like 20 so, years because y'all's amazing. We're such a tough conference, even though we don't play each other every other decade. Like y'all love to eat yeah, cupcakes I mean, in between. They, they played them both of Johnny's years, so 2012 and 2013, and then haven't played them since. It's just, so. been, a, it's just been a minute. I hate the SEC. I can't wait to join. 230, number 11, Kentucky at number one, Georgia. The first time these two teams are meeting undefeated. Georgia, Vegas loves Georgia so bad this, this year. Is, this they is love a, them. Actually, absurd. this is insulting to Kentucky. Like, if Kentucky needed any more motivation in this one, they just need to look at that Vegas line oh and find all the motivation they need. 22 and a half points for Georgia at home against Kentucky. I mean, Vegas ain't wrong, but God dang, that is, that, that's big. It's inflated because, yes, Georgia's offense, I was surprised at this. I was like, I'm still not sold on Georgia's offense, especially with the mailman under center. Like, I'm just not sold. He's getting it done, but all you have to do is manage the game to be under center for Georgia. And so I was like, what is their offense actually looking like? And I mean, they're averaging nearly thir- 40 points per game, 430 yards per game, which is really says more than the points, but they do have an inflated schedule. Like Arkansas has been their most impressive win. Yeah. They haven't. And Clemson still, definitely doesn't look like a good victory anymore. Right. And so we still don't 
and we still don't really know what Arkansas is. You know, I mean, yes, they went blow for blow with Ole Miss last week, but we know that Ole Miss is strictly a an offensive team. Yeah. You know, so we we that's expected. So can this Georgia offense get it done against probably the best defense they've gone against? Yep. Maybe second best because again, you have to think at the time Clemson's offense, I mean defense did play really well and Georgia couldn't move the ball on them. Yeah. So I think a very motivated Kentucky team comes out, and I actually think this one is going to be pretty close, and I have no idea who's going to get it done. I'm, I'm not picking against Georgia. I feel good about having them as my number one team. I'm glad they're in that top spot. I hope this is a tight game. 22 points is wild. Yes. I like I want it. I want it. Knock Georgia off, please. Yeah. Let uh, Iowa be number 1. Like I could see this being a 24-7 game. It's one of those things like you said, if you let Georgia get on you early, I mean it's done. Like if they score a touchdown right. in the first quarter, your life is over. So like can Kentucky just kind of keep it close and maybe get lucky with a, a, a you know, blindside punch? Doubt it. But yeah, I don't yeah. like the 22 points either. I'm going to say they cover that. Yeah, I will too. I mean Oh, Kentucky's Ken Kentucky's got to keep a lid on it. Needless to say, don't don't go flinging your headset off saying get your popcorn ready. Just like come I, in even keeled and just roll with it. I would probably be as bold to give Kentucky the upset if they were playing at Kentucky. I think the downside is going to be playing at playing Georgia. Yeah, yeah. We saw what happened to Arkansas a couple weeks ago, thought they would be able to get in there, get the job done in Athens. And honestly, that crowd greatly affected the game. And so that's where I think the Bulldogs are going to struggle. Are they both Bulldogs? They are, right? No, Wildcats. Wild, it's cats and Wild dogs cats. out here, Haley. It's cats and dogs <laughs> in the South. Wildcats. Um, I was just thinking about a graphic that I made a while ago of Benny Snell jumping over a Bulldog. And maybe that's because that was the last time Kentucky beat Georgia was when Benny Snell was running the ball. Well, I got to tell you, I, I, I love Ugga. Ugga is without a doubt top three. I, I gotta, I'm not trying to be a dick to be a dick, but he's the best dog in college football. Oh, I love, I love Bulldogs. I mean, so. yeah, I mean Ugga's, he's better than Reveille. He's better than all the other Bulldogs too. Like, cause Yale's got a Bulldog. Uh, Butler's got a Bulldog. There's Six a bunch eight. of, there's, yeah, there's a but Mississippi State. Who else? There's a ton of bulldog teams out there, but he is—he's king of the bulldogs. I like that Uga has AC in <laughs> in the house that he is in. I think Uga is a she, for what it's worth. Really? Well, I wouldn't know. I mean, I don't know if the Kentucky that Wildcats. Like, that just sounds more like a female name, no? Uga, maybe. Uga. All I know is that when Bebo tried to kill that little dog, I—I I said we're gonna win this ball game, and we did. I guess maybe I shouldn't say is Ugga a woman because she's a bulldog. Yeah, why would uh, it be? A, it could be a boy bulldog. That didn't lead me to what I wanted. I mean, I'm going to let I, you know, it, Haley. I'm not usually like my first thing when I look at a dog. I'm not like looking to see if it has a penis. Female dog. Okay, keep going. I'll let everyone know. This is riveting stuff. This is why everybody tunes in and listen to our podcast. Does, this is what we talked about in the post show. Does is this dog a, have a I dick? <laughs> <laughs> Haley, we'll let you know later on during the show. Yeah, this is going to be a good game. Oh, Kentucky's going to lose. We have talked lose. about the 
elephants with yeah. Alabama. Man, if you just want to learn some SEC history there you go. as you know, the Longhorns are coming in, this is the podcast for you. Dogs are great. Cat, cat mascots are weak. What's a wild cat, Haley? That's literally anything. That could be a house cat that got lost. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. That's... Because, I mean, I worked for the XFL and we were the Wildcats. And so I had to face that question a lot. What is a Wildcat? It's literally a type of cat. And it just looks like a feral domestic cat. So it's a house cat that got lost. Basically. That looks a little crazy. Like it got left in the rain and in thunderstorms for several weeks. On purpose. Without eating. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's Kentucky right there, and then I mean, lots of anger. And then we have a, a a religious war going on in Waco. No, it's not between the Baptists and the Catholics. It's BYU, the Mormons coming down to take on the Baylor Bears. Baylor's getting six and a half points at home. BYU still number nineteen in the country. They really kind of like lost it for all of us last week when when they did fall. I actually. I think Baylor might just beat the brakes off of them. I don't know if I like six and a half. I think I'd like a little bit more than that, Haley. What about you? I kind of think almost less than that. Um, I think that BYU is able to bounce back, and I think we'll learn a lot more about who Baylor is because I was really high on them, felt good about them, disappointed in what they brought to Oklahoma State. So I'm hoping Baylor bounces back this week and, you know, really solidifies what I was thinking about them. Um, yeah, I don't know. Both these teams are looking to bounce back. So it's just kind of who wants it more out of this one. Well, I tell you what, I might actually drive up to Waco and just stand there because I can't. I've got That's a weird game day atmosphere. BYU fans coming to Baylor to Waco. For anybody who's never been to Waco, drive through. That's just going to yeah. be a wacky, like... Hey, but it is kind of cool. People pull up on their boats. It is cool. But, like, the, like BYU is going to come down there and be like, ah, oh, guys, we don't drink. And the Baylor fans are like, yeah, we don't drink either. There. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, okay, this is bothering me. I don't know if she's female or not. You're still looking at, looking at to see I what am. this dog's really genitalia is. It's really bothering me. Either way, it's spayed and neutered, whether it's, uh, you know... Um, it's they, it's they, it's a they dog. Wow. Did you know that every Uga has been owned by the Sonny Siler family? That's pretty cool. Imagine being that family, being the keeper of Uga. The keeper of Uga. That's kind of cool. That is very cool. I bet they, I bet they don't have a dark family history. <laughs> <laughs> There's been 10. 10 Uggas. A family in the South that does one thing over and over again. Family tradition. Yeah, they're not <laughs> we weird are, at all. <laughs> we're the keepers of Uga. The keepers of the going dogs. Back, going back to 1956. Wow. What a family tradition. What? I don't know that you could really ask for more. No, you can't. Well, I would assume the dog is either a girl or a boy dog. Either way. Oh, my gosh. For the people. Okay, the last two games, there's only a couple more games we were going to talk about, but I don't know people super care so i'm gonna keep talking about uga for a second they all have these weird <laughs> nicknames that go with them like like hood hood's old dan was uga one uga two old dan's uga siler uga three siler's uga four uga the fourth it's, it's, it's not uga it's uga 
Uga. No, it's Uga. Uga. Okay, Uga. Uga the fours. No, that might be a six. No, that's four. Uga the fours. What is this word? Magilicuddy. Magilicuddy. Magical? Are you trying to say magical? (laughs) Haley. No, it's M-A-G-I-L-L-I-C-U-D-D-Y. Magilical. Magilical Uga. No, that's not it either. You're forgetting the D's in that word. Anyways, so that was Uga 5. Then the next one, oh, how about this one? Uga, I'm saying it right now, right? Uga. 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 Uga the 5, which got Loran. Which, also probably which, Lauren. Which you got, Loran? What you got? What you got? Okay. It's all one word. What you got, Loran? Then the seventh one, Loran's best. Also might be Lauren, but we're going to go with Loran because that's how they spelt it. And then we've got Big Bad Bruce was Uga. 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 <laughs> Uga the eighth was Big Bad Bruce. So this must mean that they're um, uh, also males because I don't think they would name Bruce a female. But you never know. You know, it could be both. Oh, that one was sad. That one was diagnosed with canine lymphoma. And then we've got Uga, the ninth, just Russ. Just Russ. That's just it. Just Russ. I love that. Just Russ. And how about this one? Uga 10 is Ke. That's my favorite. Ke. 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 Q-U-E, like, you know, in Spanish. Que. Ke. 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 We don't even know if we gave this dog a question mark. That's my favorite dog. Thank you for that, Haley. You know, Alabama plays Mississippi State. They're a 17 point favorite. TCU's at Oklahoma. Oklahoma's a 13 and a half point favorite. I actually think OU is on upset alert, too. I don't. I do. For this one fact Gary Patterson versus a freshman quarterback, that's right up his alley. He's going to make life miserable for I mean, and a bad defense. Yeah. I I just think it's going to be, it could be trouble for Caleb out of the gate. I think it could be, I don't think it'll be 13 and a half. I don't either. I think TC, like they're on upset alert. I just don't think like, OU still is not a good football team. And Gary Patterson versus a freshman quarterback. First time seeing Gary Patterson. Nobody wants to see that shit. He's tough. So we'll have to see. All right. That's the show. That dog has a dick. Go Aggies. (laughs) He does. Right? Apparently. Well, I don't know about K. Russ was before K. And Russ, Russ clearly Russ likely did. Russ probably did. K might I mean, so if you guys are watching the Georgia game, try and take a peek on you know in the cage. Yeah, let me know. Tweet at me. Tweet at me if you figure out the if the uh female or male part of um, you know, Uga matters. Take a part <laughs> take a picture fans. of Uga and send it to Haley. No, don't take a picture. Just let me know if anyone discovers the history wouldn't that here. be worse if you got a tweet being like yes he has a dick that would be an awful tweet to get you don't want to get that no, t- tweet because people could just be like give me the history and be like Haley, georgia it they do not discriminate against male or female that uga can be either gender that's what i assume would probably well, I need be to know yeah i'm gonna say it's, it's a dude Gender neutral name, Uga. General neutral, Uga. Georgia going to win big. All right, that's our show. Thank you guys all for showing up. Sorry about the, uh, the, the internet, my rants. I hope it didn't yell too loud into the mic. Haley, you're a gem.
You're great. Go Aggies. <laughs> we'll Gig up. Gig them. We'll see what happens this weekend, and we will see you guys next Thursday. New time slot, same time, except for tonight. It was different, but it will be 7 o'clock next week unless it's not. We'll see you guys later. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.